to a spooky episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I bid you welcome as your host, the man, the myth, the horror, the legend, Mark Kodo, aka Kodoman. So, so let's let's get right to it. We are back for another another year of Kodo Cinema Horror Month. So you're probably wondering. What movie am I going to talk about? Well, I'm going to talk about different films in a top 10 list. So we are starting off Kodo Cinema Horror Month with a top 10 list. What top 10 list I'm going to talk about? Well, how about the top 10 darkest and scariest movie moments in Marvel in Marvel movies? So yeah, so yeah, if you're probably wondering the last couple times I did two different top 10 episodes, top 10 darkest and scariest movie moments, why not do a why not do a top 10 list for Marvel for Marvel movies? Even even though Marvel movies from some people may may think and say, "Oh, Marvel's too childish." Not really. Not really. Not every Marvel movie is childish. I mean, come on. I, there's definitely a few scenes out there where they do have some darkest and scariest moments in there so that's why i am doing doing this episode and having a list of the top 10 darkest and scariest moments in marvel movies so to kick off the list number 10 carnage breaks out of prison venom let there be carnage while venom let there be carnage is far from an improvement since its 2018 predecessor the very first venom film starring tom hardy it still had his ma- it still had his major flaws on the story editing and pace. However, the film still has a fair share of scary scenes. One scene, in my opinion, is Cletus Cassidy turning into Carnage after an, an attempted execution that that he was that he was gonna be gonna be put to gonna be put to death. Cletus Cassidy somehow gets in somehow Cletus Cassidy gets injected with with the um, with the vent with the venom. Technically, Cletus bit into uh, into Eddie Brock's hand before the execution, tasted the blood. So basically, it's the blood that goes in. Basically, Eddie and Venom's blood going inside Cletus Cassidy's blood that literally turns Cletus Cassidy into Carnage. Now, in that scene alone, it's like you're watching a straight-up horror film. Something that actually came out of a horror film where Carnage emerges viciously out of the execution room showing off his powers as the venomous serial killer he is, going after the warden. Despite the jump cuts, Carnage whips out the security the security with large spears like tentacles, tosses tosses security guards around in their prison cells like rag dolls, and even French French kiss one of one of them. And on top of that, Carnage kills the warden in a whirlwind like fashion, leaving the prison with a war war. Even though Zoni held back on an R rating for this Carnage Build Fest, the prison breakout was definitely a prison fright riot. Number 9. Wanda Kills the Illuminati, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. What do you get when you add the Evil Dead and Spider-Man director Sam Raimi into, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Some crazy over-the-top violence and horror. There are several scenes in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that feature a lot of dark and scary moments in the second installment of Doctor Strange. Sure, yeah, the film does have its fair share of problems, particularly in the story and writing. Even the production itself had 
had his fair share of trouble. Hence the title of the film, Multiverse of Madness. So I guess the production itself was was madness then. So anyway, um, several scenes included Zombie Strange, Scarlet Witch attacking the temple, or or a possessed Wanda Maximoff changing Doctor Strange, America Chavez, and Christine Palmer. However, in my opinion, it is the possessed Wanda wiping out the members of the Illuminati one by one. We see is the members of the Illuminati, Reed Richards, Captain Carter, Captain Marvel, and Black Bolt stopping stopping Wanda from getting to American Chavez. Reed Richards actually turns from the smartest man alive to the dumbest man alive by telling Wanda that Black Bolt can destroy you with one whisper from his mouth. Although before that, Wanda goes into full-on savagery by asking Reed Richards if his, if his wife is, if his, um, well, to paraphrase, if his wife is still alive. And then Reed tells uh, Wanda, yes. But just the fact that Wanda tells 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 uh, Reed Richards is good. Then there'll be someone to take care of their children. Like, she's asking Reed Richards about his, about his wife and children. That's Oof, that was cold. That is just cold. But but anyway, um, like but like I said, Reed Richards went from the smartest man alive to the dumbest man alive by telling Wanda that Black Bolt can destroy you with one whisper from his mouth. Wanda just 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 says what mouth? Somehow we get again a shot of Black Bolt's mouth sealed shut to everyone's surprise. Blowing his brains out by his own sound waves, even Reed Richards turns into the elastic spaghetti with his head blown off from Wanda. Captain Carter and um, Captain Marvel put up a, put up a good fight, but somehow Captain Carter gets gets her midsection sliced off by her own shield, and Captain Marvel getting crushed by a statue that Wanda brought down on her. This this includes the musical score by Danny Elfman. Who, who has been a frequent uh, collaborator to uh, Sam Raimi in, in many of his in many of his films, including this, including the uh, Spider-Man films. The, the the last member of the Illuminati, being Professor Charles Xavier, played once again by Patrick Stewart, gets into a gets into a mind fight with with the Scarlet Witch, and what really ends is a creepy neck break fatality that. That Wanda comes from behind and and snaps Charles Xavier's neck. This sequence was turned from a from a comics fan dream come true to a nightmare fuel wipeout from the Scarlet Witch exorcism. Moving on, number eight, Blackheart looks into the eyes of Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Okay, so obviously enough, this is this is basically the Ghost Rider film with Nicolas Cage. Now I have seen this film. A, a while back like 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 i believe it was like a long time ago probably when i was when i was a little kid despite his pg-13 rating today it probably would have been seen as more of an r rating that's if zoning didn't held back so much on the on the horror elements because because this film this film is technically so bad it's good even i mean true even the ghost rider film is silly in is a so bad is good way, the film still managed to get audiences surprised with some of the horror elements. Ghost Rider, also known as Johnny Blaze, fires up to defeat Blackheart in a in a in a in San Van Gaza, 
from unleashing hell on earth with a thousand souls inside Blackheart. This this gives Johnny the opportunity to look into Blackheart by giving him the penis stare. Look into my eyes. Your soul is stained by the blood of the innocent. Feel the pain. I mean, he grabs... Ghost Rider grabs Blackheart, takes him to a wall, and tells him to look into his eyes. And that... Which is basically the penance stare. Now, I didn't know what what that was, but looking it up, that, that was actually called the penance stare from Ghost Rider. That's basically Ghost Rider's ultimate weapon of some sorts. So, basically from that, Blackheart screams and sees a lot of hellish imagery of all the innocent souls suffering from the hands of Blackheart, with many of them screaming in agony. This sequence ends with Blackheart's eyes burnt out, and Ghost Rider tossing him to this, tossing him aside like it was nothing. Well, I guess, well, I guess for, well, I guess that's confession the hard way for Blackheart then. Moving on, number seven. The opening scene, otherwise known as Bloodbath, Blade. Blade is one, Blade is one of the few superhero adaptations that marked the beginning for Marvel's success and setting the stage for future superhero film adaptations. Now, now, now Blade being played by Wesley Wesley Snipes, it is is in a, is in what is actually particularly a, a night a nightclub, and it's basically he goes he he's in a nightclub during the opening scene, and he literally goes into a blood bad bath fight against other vampire against other vampires, and Wesley Snipes, who plays the Day Walker himself, takes out a room full of bloody vampires, one by one with his gadgets, guns, and of course, his blade. Despite despite a couple of cheesy moments, it does showcase Blade's, abil- Blade's ability by how cool and badass he is. Like, he literally takes out a room full of bloody vampires right after, like, a blood shower. Like, you know, like, one of those, like, um, like, during, like, you know, like, one of those, like, uh, during, during a fire alarm, one of, like, the, uh, the water, the like the water sprinkler, the sprinklers up in the ceiling goes off. That's basically, but that's basically what they have in this night in this nightclub during the opening of Blade. But instead of water, it's it's blood. And during that scene, Blade takes him out one by one with his gadgets, including some nice clever camera camera shots too. I mean, despite like I said, despite a couple of cheesy moments, the opening of the film sets up the character and tone perfectly with a bloody massacre. Well, I just hope um I just hope Kevin Feige and Marvel can get their act together to get to get their Blade reboot going with Mahershala Ali. That's if Marvel and Disney behaves well. Moving forward, number six, Hulk's factory fight, the Incredible Hulk. Bruce Banner is on the run in Brazil as the U.S. Army, led by Gen- General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross and Emil Blonsky, to hunt down Bruce Banner. Bruce eventually hides in a green soda fa- factory while being confronted by his co-workers. Bruce tells the co-workers that something bad is happening, but the co- co-workers d- don't listen as Bruce turns into, you guess it, the Hulk, throwing one of the co-workers through the office windows. Emil and the other soldiers hear, hear a loud roar of the Hulk as they try to tranquilize the beast, but it only made him angry. You don't, you don't, you don't like me when I'm angry. Well, tech, well, technically the uh, technically the soldiers made the Hulk angry. 
the Hulk managed to take out a few soldiers with a giant, uh, whatever that giant soda machinery that, that the factory has. I mean, I don't know what it was. I forgot what it was. So, but he, he uses it to take out a few sol soldiers behind thick fog and telling them to leave me alone. Emil was in complete shock on what he was facing. I mean, it's like he, he never gone up against a monster like, like the Hulk. I mean... Edward Norton's take on the Incredible Hulk may be short-lived, but if Thanos saw this, he would have pissed his pants in fear of how monstrous the Hulk is. Oh, and may I remind you, the other, the other scene featuring Emil Blonsky turning into the Abomination is also, is also another scary moment as well to give the U.S. Army and to get the U.S. Army in that film to... GIVE ME A REAL FIGHT! And you know, this is how how monstrous the Hulk is. Number 5. Coin to the Head, X-Men First Class in this, prequel, in this prequel to the original X-Men films, Professor Charles Xavier, played his time around by, uh, by James McAvoy and Eric Lenscher, played by Michael Fassbender, they both team up with the X-Men X-Men to stop the evil mutant Sebastian Shaw and the mutant members of the Hellfire Squad to prevent World War III during the, 1960, during the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. The scene sees Eric painted in a corner by Sebastian, convincing that the mutants are the future, until Magneto uses his powers to take Sebastian's helmet and Charles freezing Sebastian Shaw. Now, this is Sebastian Shaw, the mutant. Not the actor, not not the actor that played uh, Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. This is a this is a Sebastian Shaw in the X Men comics as a mutant. This is a mutant version, just so everybody knows. Okay. So so basically, Eric is now wearing the helmet, blocks Charles's mind, and agrees with Sebastian about the future. However, there was one screw up that Sebastian did. He killed Eric's mother. So what what Eric did is that he, is that he takes the coin that Sebastian gave him as a kid during during from World War II during the events Sebastian killed his mom and moved the coin on account of three through his head. Now what makes this scene scary and dark is one, Eric moves the coin on one. Two, Charles begs and screams in agony to stop Eric from killing Sebastian. Three, Harry Jackman's music, musical score that really sets the tension to, to this moment. And, and, and four, the tracking shots between Sebastian and Charles as the coin moves through the head. It even cuts back and forth between Sebastian Shaw and Charles Xavier as the coin is going inside Sebastian's head. Like, that is like, that is some clever use of edit of editing that of editing techniques that the filmmakers did. That was really clever. And then after that, the coin the coin the coin comes out out of Sebastian's head full of blood. Now that's now that's what I call bloody payback. Dang. Not only that, but this scene sets up Eric Lenscher's path to to villainy and setting up the Brotherhood of of Evil Mutants. Or the Brotherhood of Mut Mutants, I should say. Number four. 
Ultron crashes the party. Avengers Age of Ultron. Avengers Age of Ultron may not be the best Avengers film, but it still delivers some, some fun and scary moments. One scene in particular is Ultron's first appearance as he walks in on the Avengers party. Ultron, played by Jane Spader, brings in a creepy conversation in the form of a damaged Iron Legion armor. And you can definitely tell right away this is his, this is Ultron's first appearance, but also like how but it also sets the, the the sets the bar of how creepy Ultron is, especially no, especially to knowing that he even takes in the forms of different uh, diff, of different uh, different armors, like Iron Man armors. He tell Ultron tells tells the Avengers team that he had to eliminate Jarvis, saying you wanted to protect the world, but you don't know how to change, and warning the the team about the Avengers extinction. He sends the sends the robot drones to attack the Avengers, ending with a creepy rendition of Pinocchio's "I got no strings on me." I have strings, but now I'm free. There are no strings on me. You know, you know, it's crazy to think that that Avengers: Age of Ultron is a better live-action Disney remake of Pinocchio than the actual live-action Disney remake of Pinocchio. Just saying. Yeah, you can definitely tell. Even say what you will about the rest of of the Avengers film, Avengers: Age of Ultron, but it really did set up Ultron as a pretty decent villain, and it's quite scary too. Even if his dialogue is is a bit silly. Okay, moving forward. Number three, the death of Tony Stark's family, Captain America: Civil War. Before the final fight between Captain America, Bucky Barnes, and Iron Man. The trio were about to make amends with each other due to Baron Zemo framing Bucky Barnes. What comes is Zemo sitting in the dark, sitting in the dark room with a glass window in front, showing the trio the car crash sequence that Bucky was involved on December sixteenth, nineteen ninety-one. Particularly picking up like different types of super soldier serums, but what comes into that is the video revealed the people involved in the wreckage. It turns out it was Tony's parents, and and this this really really shocked shocked me, including including Iron Man, who basically seeing his mother and father getting being killed in the process by Bucky, Bucky being mind controlled by Hydra. Bucky beats on Tony's father and chokes Tony's mother. Although Bucky, like as I mentioned, was controlled by Hydra as the Winter Soldier. Tony Stark turns against both Rogers and Barnes in hand-to-hand -hand combat. I mean, no doubt, even in even in that film, it's pretty scary. It's so dark and scary to know that Tony lost not only his father, but his mother as well. And the fact that he also cares for his mother too really shows how angry Tony was at Bucky. Even, even during the fight, uh, Iron Man was like, I don't care. He killed my mom. At, right after Captain America told uh, Iron Man that, look, this, this, this whole fight is not going to change anything. Like I said, Iron Man d didn't even care because Bucky killed his mom. I mean, hey, listen, I, I, I'd be mad too, but oh boy, that was really intense. That was really intense. But the way how it was set up, oh my god, that was intense and dark for Captain America Civil War. I mean, this was I'm pretty sure this was when 
uh, Disney and Marvel had the guts to go to go the distance and go all out. Well, anyway, it's time to move on to number two. Going to number two is Doc Ock's hospital fight from Spider-Man 2. The second installment of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is easily one of the best Spider-Man films with the inclusion of Dr. Otto Octavius, also known as Doc Ock, played by, you guess it, Alfred Molina. Now, after a failed experiment, Otto is in a coma with his mechanical arms about to be operated by doctors. What really comes is the fact that there was basically a chip inside uh, Dr. Otto Octavius during this failed experiment, experiment when controlling the arms. But somehow that chip was, was destroyed in the process of the failed experiment. So what, so what happens during this hospital scene? Well, the arms take over. The arms started to wipe out every single single doctor in the room like 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 it was like a scene coming out of out of the evil dead films like the arms are just waving around wiping out everybody in the film even the arms one of the one of the mechanical arms almost gets caught off by one doctor who's using a chainsaw kind of like how bruce campbell did in the evil dead when he was cutting off his arm after after his arm was being possessed but somehow, the, all, all four mechanical arms took out the last doctor with a chainsaw. And to be honest, that is obviously one of the most scariest scenes to come out of Spider-Man 2. Especially from, from, the, from, a, from director Sam Raimi, who has, done, who has filmed the Evil Dead films. That just shows you that Sam Raimi knows how to blend, to blend, to blend in, to blend in with, with, with the crowd. Or basically knowing how to to find a balance between action and scary elements. Okay, so now now we are going up to number one. So I'm pretty sure you're all gonna be wondering, um, what's my number one? Well, believe it or not, I'm gonna tell you right now. And the number one, and the and the number one top ten dark, and the number one darkest and scariest movie. And the number one darkest and scariest moments in Marvel, in the in Marvel movies is the snap from Avengers: Infinity War. Now, out of all out of all the scenes that I mentioned on this list, the snap is by far probably the most the snap is by far the most darkest and scariest moment in any Marvel film. Because why? Because this was the moment, because this was the moment in Avengers: Infinity War where the Avengers may seem to, to take out Thanos, and the fact is, Thor almost almost wins. He almost wins. Like he literally uses his Stormbreaker to to literally stop Thanos from trying to snap his his Infinity Gauntlet with all six Infinity Stones. But the thing was. The thing was, and I quote this from Thanos, you should have gone for the head. Like, he literally says that and snaps his fingers. Yeah, just like that. And then Thanos goes into a uh, what actually appears to be the soul realm, sees his, his adopted daughter Gamora, uh, Gamora in, a young, in a young girl form, and 
And she asks Thanos, did, did you do it? Thanos says yes. And then Gamora asks, what did it cost? Thanos is like, everything. And then what comes later is Thanos goes into the goes into the portal from from the te- from the from the from the tesseract from the, from the tesseract stone or um, or or where I, I forgot what I forgot what is I forgot what the I forgot what the stone was in the tesseract but I, but I know it was the tesseract but but I know it's the tesseract but but anyway anyway Thanos goes into the por- portal according to the te- Thanos goes into the portal from the uh, from from one of his Infinity Stones, basically the Tesseract. He he he's gone. Basically he's gone. Basically in a basically in a basically on another planet. But what really comes is the fact that all the members of the Avengers, including Captain America, were wondering where did Thanos go? And the first thing that Captain America sees is Bucky Barnes disappearing into into dust. Like literally. Like that. He disappears into dust because Bucky was just wondering. He he asks Steve. He he just disappears. And then what comes later is 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 literally other is other members of the Avengers even disappeared, including some of the including some of the Wakand the Wakandan soldiers who were in battle in the in in during the Wakanda battle battle se- sequence between Thanos' army, and it's just. It's just crazy. We even get to see uh, the gar- members of the Guardians of the Galaxy disappearing too, with Rocket, the only member left standing. Well, of course, Nebula, Nebula as well. Nebula is still standing. Even Spider-Man, Spider-Man disappears too, and that's probably the most, probably one of the most saddest death scenes that that I have actually seen from that. Well, one of the one of the most saddest, if not the if not the saddest death. But it's also scary scary to know that Thanos won. Even though Thanos lost the battle, he won the war. He Thanos won the war. He he snapped half of humanity. He achieved his goal. It is just shocking and surprising to know that the Avengers lost. Sure, you could argue that Baron Zemo won and so did Ultron. Baron and Ultron might have lost their battles, but those two won their wars too. And the same can be said with Thanos after snapping half of humanity in existence. Which is exactly why it's my number one pick for the top 10 darkest and scariest moments in Marvel movies. So, anyway, there you have it. Now, what do you all think? Did I miss out on every on any scary moments, darkest of scary moments in Marvel films? Uh, please, please let me know. Please let me know. And uh, and 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 there we have it. This we kick off Kodo Cinema Horror Month. And as a, and as a, and as always, thank you for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive. And good night. Until next week.